Hi, this is Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is episode 84 of Two Teachers Talking. Charles and I get together and talk about teaching English in Japan. Um, again. The, <laughs> again and again. <laughs> all the good stuff and all the bad stuff. And uh, today, talking about uh, student feedback, uh, trying to figure out how and why we try to get as much information from our students as possible and how that maybe helps us to do a better job. Yeah. Is that enough feedback for you? <laughs> no, I want more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me give you this form. Okay, fill it out. And uh, <laughs> Oh, by the way, and please put um, your name and your student number on it so I know what you're saying, right? And I will, yes, and I will reward and punish you accordingly on your final grade. Well, feedback, it's so important. Um, I think I've mentioned this a number of times, Tony, that John Hattie and his research has found that the number one um, thing that impacts a teacher's performance effectiveness the most is the ability for that teacher to get feedback from the students. And I think I told you the story when I, I was reading about the importance of feedback. I, I thought it was the feedback that I was giving, that it was the teacher was giving to students, not that the feedback that was coming from the student mm, yeah, going to the teacher. That. I've mentioned that. That was that was a moment of reckoning and awakening with my huge ego. But yeah, yeah. feedback. Feedback. And the, th an the thing with thing. me, I, yeah, I, I often talk about, um, for me, in my teaching, the importance of like tailoring the, the classes for the specific classes and specific students. Um, and I, I never, I never mentioned. I realize in my head and subconsciously or unconsciously, um, the student feedback is a real big part of that. Um, trying to, you know, again at the very, very beginning from the first class, trying to assess um, what is actually happening, what the students are receiving, what, what are, how are they reacting, how are they processing it, uh, what, and from the first day, what's working, what's not, is very heavily. Uh, based on the feedback that I'm getting. And, like, and there's all kinds of feedback, right? There's um, that kind of, um, you know, seat of the pants, gut feeling, immediate feedback that you get just from cues that the students have in terms of facial expressions, gestures, et cetera, et cetera. As well as like, just like verbal things, just like, you know, your own experience, like, okay, this is working, this is not working, right? Day by day, minute by minute uh, kind of feedback that you go on. You have um, the other sense that you've got the ongoing feedback over the term of a semester, whether you're doing something um, specific, you know, with in terms like exit questions or uh, in class, you know, spot questioning or, you know, midterm assessment, whatever. And then I guess the thing that probably most people tend to think of when you think about like the student feedback is the, that end of the semester, uh, um, a, a, you know, questionnaire that the university gives you and you hand down and get back, or, or you maybe have your own instrument and you do it your own way or something, but, or you do both. Yes. Well, because I think, yeah, I think most schools both. now require us to yeah, do think, an end yeah, of the year. Yeah. Most or people end of term, end doing end of most of that either consciously or unconsciously. Yeah. Well, I think, Part of it is that we need to get to a clear definition or a good definition or my definition or whoever's definition I'm stealing it from about feedback, because I, a lot of times people are confusing feedback and judgment. And those are very, very different things. Mm. And as I am prone to tell the students who I work with that feedback or actually all my students, because I we 
in have students evaluating other students' performances in class and then giving them feedback. So I have to explain to them that it has to feedback is actionable information. In other words, it has to be something that somebody can do something with. So if you say, hey, you know, your presentation really like sucked, you know, that's judgment. That doesn't help a person at all. That's not getting them anywhere. But if you say that you didn't um, use a hook in the opening of your introduction and you didn't provide an overview of what you're going to talk about, that's something that somebody can you know, take and then actually do something with. So part of it is the judgment versus actionable information. And my, I'm gonna, we start talking about the school-wide kind of um, evaluations as a tool for feedback. Those are mainly judgmental, right? Yes. You know, the teacher followed the syllabus, when, by the way, which is a question I have absolutely no idea because, you know, when you have a class and the syllabus obviously doesn't work and then you change the syllabus to make it better for the class, then you get punished for that. But those kinds of questions don't really help us. Right. They're not things we can act on. So if we start by talking about teacher evaluation, the biggest problem is it's done at the end of this term. So what? Right. It's too know, late to do helpful. anything for that. Question. It's too late to do anything. <laughs> Right. I don't understand why those aren't given at the midterm point, which would make a lot more sense. But, um, you know, I think that those I don't particularly care for. And what I do, uh, and I found this to be the most effective form for me to get feedback. And, and I'm very specific when I ask students this. I asked three questions. I said, what did you like or what was good in the class? What did you not like or what was bad in the class, not so good? And what can I do specifically to make the class better for students in the upcoming term? And I explain to students that I need them to be concrete, you know, give examples, and that way I can act on it. And I find that to be so much more useful and helpful for me when I'm trying to evaluate my performance or my effectiveness and then when I'm planning for the upcoming semester or term. What about yourself? What do you do? Um, I'm all over the place. Um, I said a kind lot of just of like things. you're all over the place in the same way I was just in what I just said. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, see that because it's different universities. Yeah, I mean, I did five different schools, so each of them has their own um, method of you know their you know feedback, their their evaluation thing. Which some some do and some don't. Uh, some have more than one. Uh, some of them have uh, a very you know, constrict controlled instruments. Some are a little bit more open. Some are useful, and some are, some aren't. Um, and for me, it's again, it it depends so much on the class, what kind of class it is. You know, what what the content is. Is it a speaking class? Is it a, is it a content class? Um, is it a you know specific skill type class? Is it is it fifteen students? Is it forty five students? different levels and things so for each of those different things i'll do something a different way some of the some of the classes have a very active online involvement so i'll use um some some online tools to get continual feedback through the semester um others you know when especially when it's a bigger class there's there's it's a it's a it's an ocean liner it's, it's we're not going to turn the ship around in the middle of the semester so i can't i'm too busy dealing with other things to actually be concerned that much um, with, um, you know, date, week to week feedback type of thing. Um, so yeah, all, all, all over the place. Um, and so 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do it all in in one way or another, a different place, different different students. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, there's one one school where it has a um, their evaluation system is uh, it's not mandatory. It's totally volunteer by the, the students, and they the students log on and um, answer seven or eight you know, objective questions. You know, you're rating one to five or whatever it is, and then they have um, a space for comments. And uh, yeah, you know, I, the, generally the feedback's positive, and, but a lot of times those are just turn out to be you know popularity contests. Yeah, but with it. but the, but the, the kind of like for example the kind of interesting surprising kind of information that you can get there's like again they leave a space for a student comment, and uh, one student um, in the, at the end of the spring semester this last year, and so just to give you an idea there's 45 students in the class and there's maybe 10 students that respond right that that, that do the, the questionnaire and and, and this student and that but some of them leave comments as well so that that's interesting also but this one student's comments kind of stuck out she wrote he or she wrote thank you very much i think you are a good teacher if you tell us more severe thing it'll be nice because almost all of us are lazy person <laughs> <laughs> And that's and that's interesting, right? I mean, it's 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 something that you would not ever get from like one of the the university objective questions. And this is one of the, the you know the twenty five percent of the students that bothered to do the evaluation, and one of the two or three that um, bothered to write his or her own comment. And what they wrote was pretty interesting, right? <laughs> Yeah, and also, but so there's a couple of problems there, or issues, or concerns, right? There's self-selection first off. Sure, that. right, right. So you know that at least one student is speaking for themselves, and maybe for a small group within the class. But the problem that it made me think about is that when we do give these end of semester, end of course evaluations, the students who have dropped out aren't providing any feedback. And we don't know why they dropped out. We don't know why they and left that, the course. And that is a really good point because, you know, looking at, uh, the, again, these are the uh, university uh, questionnaires that, that, that were given to give to the students, either online or on paper. Almost, almost always, the, the, when you get comments, it's always from the students whose feedback is generally very positive. The students who hate the class or hate you never, almost never <laughs> write any comments. So it's like, you know, either they, they um, have left the class already or the ones who have like negative comments, they, they never tell you why. Okay, yeah, this class was just terrible, but they never tell you why they thought so. Right. And part of the other thing is, and this is a problem I have with these evaluations, is that we don't get give feedback on the class. So there's a real issue here. So for example, let's say someone's, um, well, you remember, Tony, when we worked together, we did this where the teacher actually assessed the class, evaluated the class, gave the class a ranking. And, you know, that, so for example, you have a class and I just got done doing um, a three court class over three week intensive workshop. And I had a really excellent group of students. I mean, a really hardworking group. They were excellent. Their evaluations obviously would matter to me. 
don't have an effect. But for example, I've taught classes where the students didn't do the work. They, you know, a significant number, let's say were sleeping a class, you know, those kinds of classes. Um, and so those students are ranking me, but that's treated in the same way by at least the administration. So I don't know how I'm supposed to deal with that feedback because it's the same questions to different groups. Um, and that has a part, causes some discomfort. But when we talk about this feedback thing, I think most teachers I know who I talk with don't feel that the instruments that the schools provide, the official assessment and teacher evaluation is an effective feedback tool. I well, think I, most yeah. people I know are doing things. The, um, it's, it's interesting because um, that's, it's true in, in a lot of cases. Um, but it, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not quite so cut and dry. The two of the schools where I teach um, do require the teachers to comment. One, one requires the teacher to comment on the student comments, on the student evaluation, just the teacher feedback. Um, again, not very useful because it's going to the school and not back to the students because the students have already finished the class. Um, but um, the, uh, the other school... Uh, requires us to comment not, not on the student on the student questionnaire, but like on the class as a whole. Okay. So uh, when we submit our grades online, we are required also to give some comments about the class. Again, uh, it doesn't go to the, the students; it goes to the institution. But uh, those two institutions do ask for the the teacher input. The, the other the others do not. One place asked for teachers' input, but we're supposed to respond to the student comments and how the students have rated us and what we're going to do to fix the problem. So, you know, I do have problems with that in the sense that you, I've had classes where the students don't do the assignments, they don't do the homework, they're constantly late, they do the minimum amount of work, but I'm supposed to respond to the fact that they've rated me low because they consider me strict, for example. You know, those the usual things that teachers would talk sure, about. Sure, sure, sure. But let's say that we agree that the university instrument is not an effective tool for us to get feedback. So what do we do exactly in the class that can you know, help us to get feedback? And I think the first thing we what one can do is um, just a you know simple paper thing. Pass out a quick piece of paper at the end of each class and ask students to rank on one to zero to ten. How well, was today? You want to go class? through all the different kinds of of possibilities. You think we should? Should we do that? Or we can kind of well, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of different things, but we can, if we go through it fast, because uh, and we can get this podcast done quickly, which our listeners would probably appreciate. Well, maybe just sort of like, like some some structure to it. So we've already kind of talked to like like the the the, the what the the sheets or the cards that the university gives you, and there was, um, you know, the you know disadvantages. We got you have no control over the. Over the it's the, the end of the year. The, you have no control of the items. You have no control of the timing. Um, you don't know. You have no control with the criteria, the goals, the focus. The focus of that questionnaire might not at all coincide with yours or what you were trying to do in the class. Um, generally, they're not very well done. And most of the time, the, the questions are not very useful. As again, he says, did the teacher follow the syllabus? It's like, well, I pretty much, <laughs> well, whether I have or haven't. And, you know, but on the other hand, you know, it, advantages, like if it's easy, <laughs> it's easy. And depending on the, uh, 
the instrument that the university has put together, you might be able to get some information uh, comparing, for example, the same type of class. You have two or three of the same class, mm-hmm. two or three different classes. Um, by comparing them, and may, may be able to get some kind of information because assuming you're doing pretty much the same thing in each of the three classes, um, if you get if one is you know overly positive, the other one's overly negative, um, or other specific comments about things, um, it, it that it can be helpful. But they're ju- since you have so little control, it's it's more likely that it's not going to be very tailored to what you are were trying to do in the classroom. Okay. Well. Okay. I mean, so if that's I'm one good, thing, right? Right. And my immediate response to what you said is that the te- your tests and the homework are basically feedback-seeking mechanisms. Right. They're assessment instruments. That's what provides us with most of the information as to how our students are doing. Are they getting it and are they understanding it? But the nature of the classes and the way that they are run sometimes I think causes us to not create the best instruments to achieve, you know, real assessment. What do you we, think? We, yeah, yeah, we've talked about that before. Like with, when you ha- you know, you're making creating your own assignments uh and creating your own tests, um to not only assess the, the, the student's performance, but also to get to get that other kind of feedback. Um one so that of course well one you're assessing what they've learned also making the test or the, the assignment actually a learning experience itself, but also building in that um, in information that you're going to get from them that um, is kind of between the lines or, or maybe not going to be very, very, you know, upfront and um, obvious. Right. Mm. So that, that's, that's another, again, different kind of feedback. Um, if you have um, one of the other things, it's like, if you have, um, which I've done, for a lot of the classes, if you've got a class webpage or a blog or something, um, it's easy to have some kind of um, feedback tool there, whether it's a, a comment section, a question thing, uh, a link that's always there for the students to respond. It's like, you know, this was really too hard or, or whatever it might be. Um, and you might just build in you know, either once or twice or se- many times during the semester um, some kind of, you know, question or questions students to answer to, to give you the specific feedback that you're looking for. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, it requires students to actually <laughs> go log on and get, get on the page or whatever it is that, however they access it. Um, so you got, you know, the students tech limitations there. Um, you know, a lot of students who just never bother. So, you know, you miss some of the students there, but Depending on how you construct it, um, if you do it with you know, correctly, it's it gives you some data that's really easy. The, the results are easy to manipulate, and you can maybe you actually do some things statistical, put things together, and you can compare again different classes or compare your own, uh, you know, their feedback year to year. It'll give you some kind of consistency. Um, the fact that students are doing probably doing this outside of class. Again, it makes it make makes it the, the fact that less of them are going to actually do it. But on the other hand, um, the fact that they're doing it outside of class, they might do it more carefully. They might have more time. They might be more forthcoming with their opinions. This is true. Yeah, this and is it, true. I guess it works both ways, right? Right, and if you can build an anonymity into the 
commenting right. system. It's really nice, but there are problems with that. Mm. Uh, I, I do that. I, we both have class websites. We both make use of that. I don't have a commenting system any longer because I'm using a different system for my website, but I'm been thinking very hard about putting in a commenting system for the upcoming school year. It's, it's one thing to do. When I did have a website that had commenting, students were required to comment each week about the class. And I like the, it's a simple thing. If I want to get feedback from students is to say, what's one thing you learned? What's one thing you didn't understand? Nice. Two simple questions. And as you say, they get on the website, they put those comments on, boom, you can do that. And I'm going to kind of jump around here, but this is where something like Google Forms is great, mm-hmm. right? Once you set up the form and you know the student, and you have your link and the students are used to doing it, it's really easy for them just to answer two or three questions. You can even you know create a scale zero to 10, right? Uh, I understood what the teacher said. The material was appropriate for me. Um, the teacher's speaking speed was clear, right? Um, you know, these little questions. And what's great about it is that if you put it into Google Forms or some other things we can talk about, it automatically can be put into a spreadsheet and you've just got the data and it's time stamped. Right. And you can just put a little click thing where the student checks their class and you have all your data on one spreadsheet. And you can see what's going on and it's continuous. It's at the end of class. And you can once you train your students to do it to get, and they're familiar with it and used to it. It's at the end of every class, it's three minutes. And I think that's a really valuable thing to do, to know how you're doing week to week. Because you know, I think we're coming up, April's gonna come up and I know that I'm teaching a Monday second period class and I know that I'm going to be the first university class these students have ever taken. And they're just gonna be in shock, mm. right? Their first class is gonna be completely in English and. You know, so watching them because there's an adjustment period and then also there's trust and comfort and understanding and you can put any questions you want. And and I think one of those really nice and you can decide whether you want to write it in English or in Japanese. So but a really nice question is I understood what the teacher's goals were for the class today is a very helpful piece of feedback. And if your students are all saying yes, then you have a good idea that they understood what you want to do. But if they kind of go no, that's really helpful. That means you didn't clearly communicate the goals or the objectives of the lesson. And that's a nice thing. And that's a great fix. I mean, if you that's an easy fix. And that's one of those most effective fixes that if you do it the next time, it really will improve what happens in the, the classroom the next time. So I think Google Forms is good. I've talked, we've talked about Socrative. You use Socrative a little bit, don't you, Tony? I use it. Oh, yes, I use it more than I you used to. Often or well, not about the same. Okay, I, but I use it in different ways. I used to, I used to use it a lot, just like for week to week quizzes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing that less, uh, but I'm using it for the uh, for other things a little bit more. A little bit more that, as you said, about this feedback type thing. So, or like fast question. Is it a good time? Why don't we? Why don't you give us an idea about which how you're using it? Uh well. For example, what you, you kind of just what you said, like two or three questions uh, in, for example, at the end of a class, I, you know, again, last end of the class, specific questions about, you know, in, you know, in, in, in this class, which did you find, what did you find most useful? The, the, the reading, the discussion, the, you know, whatever it might be. 
Um, you know, I found the class too easy. It's too difficult. With, you know, again, the, 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 did I understand what the teacher was trying to do? Um, those types of questions. Um, mm. I'm, I'm st I'll still do that from time to time. I'm using it less and less for actual, you know, where I say like in quizzes and, and things. Okay. Because I've been thinking, uh, one of the things is that you can set it to for anonymous input and you don't know right. who the students are. And you can put it on the projector and then the students can see how the other students in the class feel. Right. And I've used that in the past, for example, okay, on a scale of zero to 10, how much of my speaking are you understanding? And they put that on and they can, students can see that other students in the class, how much they feel they're understanding. And that's a very helpful thing, not only for me for feedback, to, but they also get to see how other students are feeling. And we can use that to talk more about needing to use control language, needing to communicate that you don't understand. Hmm. Um, how motivated are you right now? How interested are you in the lesson? How much, you know, attention do you feel like you're giving those kinds of things help students see how the other students are feeling in the class and if i want i can not put it on the projector and i can just get a sense of who how students are feeling but what's nice is that we do have these instruments that something like socratic which is actually quite easy to use the students right put download an app onto their phone whether it's android or ios they, you give them a number, which is the class, and you can just pop a, a question up and they just have to write the answer. And you don't even have to type out the question. It's really nice about Socrative is you could just set it up so that students give it a response and you can ask the question verbally, which is, that's, well, that's very way, nice about it. You can do it on the fly like that. You don't need to prepare. Right. It. You can just say, you just get a sense that, okay, the kids aren't getting it. Why aren't they getting it? formulate the question in your mind, have them log on, ask the question, and then you get your feedback. It's a, it, can, right. it can be very useful. Right. You don't have to type it out. You don't have to plan it out. But if you're trying to get feedback about how much your students are understanding, let's say, from the, their listening comprehension, that's a great way to, to check it real quickly. Right. You're so, going to get a much more useful feedback than saying, says, okay, did everybody understand that? <laughs> okay. Did anybody not understand that? Did everybody see, understand it? It's like nothing. <laughs> okay. Well, this kind of moves us to a real key aspect of the feedback discussion um, when we kind of talked about it. Your questions have to be set up or when you are inquiring about feedback or trying to obtain feedback, how you ask for it is really key. And we, we say things like, did you understand? Well, you know, the student's going to say, well, yes or no. But, you know, if they don't understand, they're going to say no. But a student might think they understand, but they don't understand. So we actually have to phrase those questions differently. And I think rather than saying, did you understand, is as one way of finding things out. And we don't really get a really good answer from you students. You never get a good answer. You never get yeah. a good answer. It's better to see, have them perform something that shows or indicates understanding or lack of understanding. So that's real key when it comes to feedback. And that's why something like Socrative has advantages over Google Forms because you can just get it to open up and it can show up and you can display the results really easily to the class. It's a helpful, useful tool, I think. Both of us have been using it for a number of years, right? I've been using it. Yeah, they're it, nice. They're nice. It's nice. And it's it used to be twitchy. 
Remember, it's, it got, used yeah, it's to, gotten it's gotten much it's better. much more stable now. So it, I think, if I have forty students in the class, thirty-eight will pretty much not have a problem, and two will have problems, and it's usually because of their provider or mm-hmm. a connection mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. And it's nice that they will send you. You can get the um, in, the data as a chart. You can get it as a spreadsheet. It's very very useful. Yeah, that way. yeah, useful forms. Right, but the yeah, idea that you can just do it on the fly is right. really, really important. Nice. Yes. Okay. okay so the other one of the other things that if you're if you're lucky enough and you've got a, a, a smaller number of students and you've got the luxury of some uh, setting up something like this, and I and I think you do this, um, and this is um, a little bit le- less structured, but if you have uh, in the class an ongoing uh, like class network. Uh, where students are communicating with each other and communicating with the teacher, um, you just like it's it's all the information needed is right there. Like something, for example, Slack, uh, which I think you use or have used in your classes and things. So if you got like a small, small groups, class, yes. and um, you know, just watching how they interact and what they're saying and what they're talking about uh, gives you. Yeah, you know, I mean, instantaneous. It's and again, it's got to be a small class because it's otherwise it's just too much information. You can't monitor. You've got thirty or forty kids in the class, and they're all talking with each other. There's there's really no way for you to monitor to see what's happening and get anything useful out of it. But if you're if you've got the right type of class, the right type of students, and and the right size of class, I think that can be really useful. Maybe you talk about how you've used that or how that's I mean, worked for you. Well, there's two ways to think about it. One is when I had a commenting system on the website, and you could watch that and see what's happening. Slack, I'm probably going to try out on a larger scale this semester. I figured out how I can get students to sign up. Slack is a, how would you describe it? It's a high-powered version of messaging, of text messaging. It's, a, it's, it's, it's like maybe like between messaging and Facebook. Okay, I'll accept it's a, it's, it's 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 a little pri- it's a private Facebook or it's a shared messaging group. Okay, that's a good way to describe it. So I'll see how students use that in larger classes of 25, 30 students. I've used it in very small groups because I'm lucky that I get to teach some small classes and I can see what's going on. It allows also for private messaging between people as well as for general messaging. Um, that can be helpful. The thing is that I've, most students at, in my Japanese university classes, because that's where we are, are using line and they make line groups. And that I'm not part of, they don't include me in that. <laughs> <laughs> so I really don't know what they're actually saying. Um, although that would be really interesting to find out. But I always suggest... Very, very interesting. You know, I always suggest that they make line groups for each, for the class, so that they can communicate. Um, But they have multiple tools for contacting each other. But I think once they know the teacher knows who they are, then you get a little bit of a problem in what they say. They're not going to actually be completely They're not going to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So if that's why creating some some anonymous 
feedback system so that students feel that they can tell you what they think and they will tend to give you more honest feedback. It's that people are scared of repercussions. Um, also, the problem in Japan is that criticism is considered a negative. It's not, it's considered impolite to actually criticize somebody. So we also have a cultural aspect that we have. Yes. And that, that, yeah, you actually do have to consciously be aware of that and, and get them over that hurdle too, to yes. actually, you know, make sure, make sure that they understand that. Yeah, this is, this is really what you want them to do. This is really what you want. And it's, and it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to say that. I'm not. I'm not looking for praise. I'm not looking at me how great I am. So I really want to know. It's like, okay, come on. We're. I really need to know your honest opinion. And that that's not easy. Yeah. Well, the best way actually is just to ask them what 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 don't you like. And uh, I guess well, you know, talking about this, one of the things that I've done, we've talked about. Um, the high tech solution to these types of things. We talked about, you know, the students who, you know, pretty much for your, your um, experience with um, Slack and stuff, these are students who are pretty high, high level, relatively high level. Um, one thing that I've done with uh, students at the other end of the spectrum at a couple of, and, and, and some, some better classes too, um, kind of spontaneously off the cuff in class. Uh, and what, I would do this is like before uh, when I've done it, it's just like been maybe the week before a test and it was kind of, it's part of the review uh, for the exam. I oh, will we'll put students in groups, three or four um, and uh, just give each group a sheet of paper. And this is oh, okay. Take 10, 15 minutes. Um, you guys put some questions on there. What what is it? What is it you don't know? What do you don't understand? What are you not comfortable with? Um, yeah, I complaints about and um, you know, of course, no names on the sheets. Um, and it's been surprisingly effective. Um, uh, and sometimes you get like you know stuff. You know, yeah, not everything is useful, and 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 there's some groups that are you know just depending on the dynamic of a specific group, but. There's something about that dynamic with the students where they know that their um, input or their, what they're writing is fairly anonymous. It's, if the class is 25, if there's only five groups, I pretty much know which group it is. Um, but I, I'm not sure of how aware they are of that. But also the, the fact that they're doing it as a little group project together, uh, I've been kind of surprised by the quality a feedback that I've gotten from that kind of exercise. Uh, I've gotten some really good questions from students, um, really revealing holes in, in, in their understanding and why and what, what, what they didn't understand. Um, and again, this is, there's, there's no preparation required. There's no technology required. It's you, 25 students. You need five pieces of paper. Uh, pass it out. The kids hand in the questions. You go through it. And it's like, okay, this is this is great. <laughs> this is here we go. This is this is this is the difference between this and that. This is okay. You're misunderstanding this. This is what this is. And um, because the students are having their specific questions addressed in class, the students are very appreciative. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's worked. That's worked really well for me. I have done that a few times and uh, been very happy with the results. I've done something similar to that, but I haven't been consistent about it. And it's one of the goals for the upcoming semester. Is I always start every class with reviews, and I put the students into groups, and they have to review and go through what what did we do, what did we discuss, what was homework, what were the materials worked on, what did you understand, what did you not understand. But what I'll do now is that I will require each group to write one question about what was covered in the previous class, something that uh-huh. they didn't understand right. or they want to know more about, and then go th- through and put those up, let's say, on a screen, and then go through those very quickly after the review session, and then start the new material. So that's one of the goals I have, but I've I've done that before. But I think you're right. Putting the students into groups and using that aspect of collaboration that Japanese students are very used to is a very effective tool, rather than this individual kind of obtaining feedback, which I think some of them can be very uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. And again, it does go back to the point that there's very little feedback. I think, at least you know, I've I've commented on this to my wife and acquaintances quite often that I feel that Japan is either a very low or almost zero feedback country. I think I may, I don't know if I told you the story once, Tony, but one time I, I, I screwed up at my university and I went to the person in my program who's very senior and I said, oh, sensei, I just want you to know I screwed up. And he says, what did you do? And I explained what he did. And he says, so were people angry? And I said, how should I know? This is Japan. <laughs> so I was trying to explain that you're not getting the same kind of feedback or signals or indicators or communicative markers that we would usually get. Well, that's, from. I think that, that sentence there, that is the key. It's like, yeah, we don't, we're not getting the kind of feedback that we'd normally get. Now, I wouldn't agree that it's, it's not a zero feedback culture. This is that, okay. that whole KY syndrome, right? It's like the feedback, I think, and, and, I'm, and I can be wrong here. Um, my guess would be that the students probably think that they are giving the feedback and it's my problem or your problem that we are kind of wondering why is the teacher so dense? Yeah. Right. Why don't you get it? <laughs> so it's, it's obvious to everybody else in the classroom, except, except me, um, that that feedback just is coming in, in forms that you see, we just don't see. You see, I'm <laughs> going to, I'm going to take you to task on this one and argue with you. Okay. I think that they are trained not to provide feedback. Uh, I think that's, that's in their junior high school and high school experiences that there's a lot of not giving feedback. Uh, I know that students are often will tell me that they're very surprised that I'm interested in knowing how they're doing. I'm interested in knowing, are they enjoying the material? Are they liking the material? Is there some way I can improve? Um, a couple of students said, we don't know how to answer your question. Nobody's ever asked us that. So well, that's great I, feedback. And the, the other thing, yes, that's really useful feedback. <laughs> but the other side, Tony, is I want to say, when I talk about zero feedback, you don't drive in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, situations where we would honk a horn to let somebody know they've made a mistake or are making a mistake, uh. it's not so common here. I see people, you know, cutting people off, turning in front of people, and no, very few people use their horns. And it took actually a while for my wife to say, stop, you know, using your horn so much, you're being rude, and to explain to her, no, I'm providing feedback to somebody that they've made a mistake and they're driving, because otherwise they think their driving's perfect. So that's what I mean by the limited feedback or the zero or no feedback. 
But that really does bring us to the point of that a lot of this is acclimating our students to the idea that feedback is wanted and feedback is needed. I think a lot of times they're very surprised that when I try to explain to them, look, I need to know if you're understanding this. They just assume that they're supposed to do something, that this real interest in are you getting it? How well are you getting it? Am I communicating it? Can I be presenting it in a different way? Is there another way you prefer to have this presented? Is something that they're not quite used to as being the norm. So that's my sense of that. And I have gotten feedback haha, from them that it is unusual. The idea of stopping every five or six minutes and saying, okay, now turn to your friend next to you. And what did we just do? And ask them about anything you might not understand. It's a little bit different. And somebody once explained to me that Japanese students kind of, he, what did this person say? He says it's what's like dojo education, right? You turn to yeah. your partner, the person you're working with to help you learn something, to explain something you don't understand. You don't stop and turn to the, you know, the sensei and say, excuse me, I don't get it. Can you help me? I don't know how well that model works. Yeah, well, that's that's certainly what, what you know. The other part that you just said is that is the and you talked about well feedback, but also the incredible difficulty that students have in asking the teacher a question. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not if you're not if you're listening to this and you're not in Japan and you haven't been teaching in Japan, um, let's let's triple underscore that one because. Um, it is so rare, and, and sometimes it's not does not exist because I've had some ama- some amazing classes and some amazing kids who have no fear of asking the question. Uh, but that in general, uh, for the teacher, it is very hard to get students into a zone where they are comfortable um, with asking the teacher a question. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Or, or, or to say that, you know, to just like, you know, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Oh. Or please is... speak more slowly. Or at least that, right? right? Yes, things that we would think nor- ordinarily would be easy to say. So a lot of this is from the first minute you walk into the class. Um, I want to use the word training, but it's not exactly correct. And then I think it's better to say acclimating the students, but it really is training them, you know, having them learn certain patterns, certain habits that you can build on and develop so that by the midpoint of the semester, they're more comfortable. And a lot of it is just a matter of um, decreasing the stress level associated with these things that we need, that we want from them, desensitizing them actually. To well, I liked it. I liked it. What you just said about stress, this like like decreasing the stress thing, and I think part of it is, as you said, training them. But I also think that it requires the teacher to also uh, make adjustments for for the specific class and. In, um, yeah, yes, training them, getting acclimated. I, I would maybe describe it as creating an environment or creating a dynamic or creating an environment that makes it 
possible for them to do that. And a lot of that is on their shoulders. I mean, they've got to step up and, and they've got to do it. But on the other hand, or at the same time, um, I think I need to also be very aware of how my behavior, my demeanor, uh, my way of speaking in in the class uh, doesn't intimidate them even more. And somehow what I need to tailor my teaching or my actions, my speech in the classroom um, in a way that will make it more likely for them to get into some that kind of comfortable zone where they can are able to do that, to ask questions, to be able to express lack of understanding type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think, it, yeah, a lot of it is training the student, but a lot of it, I think, has to be the teacher too because uh, we can... Uh, yeah, unconsciously and inadvertently like just do you know, say the wrong thing at the wrong time and no boom. no not me <laughs> <laughs> and boom Impossible. it's just like you, you you've lost like three weeks <laughs> you go back and, and but, redo as a reset yeah it's an interesting thing that you're talking about because it's the conflict between making the classroom comfortable having them be comfortable enough so that we can get the feedback we need but at the same time there are things I'm trying to do and I can't get them to do things unless they feel some pressure. And I just know that for a fact. Sure. Sure. Right. And that balance. The optimum stress two. level. Yeah. Right. What's the, yeah. Right. And the optimal stress level has very little to do with the comfort level of getting me feedback. So if anybody knows how to, you know, that there's a formula balance for that, <laughs> I would, you know, please mail that one in, phone that one in, but there are ways to do it. And one of the things I think that I'm, going to do because I think what you're saying, Tony, is really a good point is that this desire for feedback that we have these different mechanisms we talked, you can do paper, you know, just pass out a little piece of paper, a little square around the paper and say, okay, how much did you like the class? Zero to 10? Yes or no questions, right? And have them as they walk out of the class, throw them into a bag, right? Yeah, you, the, exit, you, the exit questions, however you do it, either with paper or online, yeah. I think are very, very effective. Yeah. And I think actually at the beginning now, I'm probably going to do entrance tickets now also is something I'm thinking okay. about. How are you feeling today? How interested are you in English? You know, zero to 10, right? And so that's one box bag. And then, you know, it's a great thing is, and as they walk out, you know, have say, you know, how do you feel, you know, did you, what did you learn? How do you feel about understanding? And then how are you feeling about your interest in learning English again? Are you more motivated? Because we don't monitor motivation, for example, how interested they are, how much they're enjoying the class on a basic, you know, weekly basis or daily basis. And we assume that they're a monolithic, you know, personality all the time and that motivation is consistent and they're interested. And that's just anything, any tool you have that's going to allow you to map that and see how the students are, how are they feeling is going to be helpful for you because, you know, I, well, you know, one of my favorite things is to talk with students about how excited they are when they're freshmen on their first day of school, their first week of school and college is the greatest thing. And then you talk to them at the end of the year and you say, by the way, aren't you guys really looking forward to classes being finished so you can go on vacation? They're all like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you say, do you guys remember your first week of school where you couldn't, you couldn't get to school early enough and it was completely exciting and they kind of all smirk and giggle and laugh. So any tool you have, whether it's paper or Socrative or Google Forms, um, there's other things like Typeform. Um, 
anything. You know, have students put their heads down and then just hold up the, with, you know, fingers telling you how well they're feeling about the class. But what's key is that it has to have some degree of an anonymity when you're asking for individual responses. And you want to have partial anonymity when they're working in groups. And you can get different kinds of feedback from them that's very, very useful and helpful for the teacher. No question of that. But what I was going to say is to achieve that, one of the things I'm thinking about is a lot more clarity in this coming year. And I was just talking with another teacher and saying, you know, I think what I have to really do is come up with terms of use and end user agreements. You know, this is what you need to do and this is what's expected of you and being really clear about that. And the flip side is that what I'm going to do this year for sure or each semester is at the end of the semester, I'm going to have students work in groups and say, okay, I want you to write a message to the students who will take my class next semester, suggestions, recommendations for what they need to do to be successful in the class. And I think that's going to provide me with a lot of useful feedback as well. I like so, that idea. I mean, in fact, I did, uh, did something, uh, this was, again, different classes are so different. This is a, um, small class, 15, 16 students, um, with which I have a, a very good working relationship. Most, uh, most, more than half of the students I've had for two years, I had them as first year students. I have again as second year students. And, um, I was able to, and because, because of that dynamic, because of that environment, basically toward the end of the year this year, um, I just say, okay, it's like, listen, um, basically what you just said, for students next year, what can I tell them at the beginning year that's going to make it easier for them? What advice would you have for them? What what should I tell them to make it easier? So you guys you know, talk with each other five minutes or so, and then like tell me and tell me what you come up with. And they mm. and they did. I mean, again, it's not common to have that kind of rapport rapport with the, the report with the with the students and, that you've got. But this is you know an exceptional class, and uh, we were able to do that. And uh, yeah, that that question right. Advice for next year students is a is a very valuable uh, can give you some very valuable information. Yes, it it really can. And what you're doing is you're asking them to evaluate the class without directly asking them to do it. Exactly. And that's I think one of the reasons why it works so well. Hmm. When you ask them to evaluate, a lot of different emotions and certain mm -hmm. inhibitions mm -hmm. and cultural aspects are going to kind of kick in. But when you say, hey. You're, you're the senpai, you're the senior. You're giving advice to those people coming in to say, hey, you're taking, you know, Mr. Wiz's class. Listen, here's a couple of things you need to know. Name your files correctly, right? <laughs> you know, um, make sure you say thank you, you're welcome, excuse me, please. But that tells is helpful for me to know what also is sinking in. And also it provides you with valuable information about how they perceive you and what they perceive you want from the students rather than mm -hmm. what you think you're communicating about what you want. So it's something it's another I'm, little window into their experiential world, right? Yes. And it's actually, I'm going to definitely do that. I think from now on, you know, make sure that that is the, maybe actually the most significant feedback mechanism I use at the end of the semester, the summative kind of feedback. And the formative feedback is just, you know, going to be constant, whether it's paper. And I'll probably this semester play with paper versus Socrative versus using Google Forms, using some other 
ways to know how students are feeling about, you know, how the class went and how well it's going. But the issue of feedback, again, is that often a student, especially if you're working with lower level students who have not been successful in academic environments, they're not sure sometimes what our questions actually mean. So when you say, how can I improve the class? It's hard for them. So again, we get feedback or information from, let's say, better students that might not be applicable to our students yeah, overall. And I'm trying to figure out how do I reach that that kind of student? You know, how do I get them to communicate to me? Because I remember once I said, what did you what did you like best about the class? And the student wrote, you gave us candy. What did you like least about the class? You only gave us candy one time. <laughs> you know, which is actually, it's actionable information, but that's what the student actually, I think, that's what they took the time to write. Mm-hmm. So well, a lot to, of students, a lot of students are coming to class at, and engaging at that level. Yes. Say, but that's very true. Right. Like, but they, yeah, we, And we have to be aware of that too. Right. But trying to f- get a window into their minds, right, and to figure out, hey, how can I reach that student better? That's mm-hmm. difficult because what's going to happen, it's as you say, 25% of the students will go online and give you the feedback, but then you're getting the engaged Yeah, it's students. not representative of the, what the whole class right. is thinking. So yeah. trying to come up with some system, I think. And again, yeah, well, short yeah. quizzes for understanding – I think are just value, you know, just pop quizzes and students know yes. that at any point in time, I'm going to say, okay, we learned 10 words today, write down as many of the words as you remember learning today. And little things like that are as assessment instruments that you use for feedback. One teacher I know, um, French teacher um, at one of my universities, she does an interesting thing where she uses homework as feedback, but she doesn't grade the homework. And she tells students, I'm not grading your homework and you get no credit for the homework. And she says, she gets really interesting homework assignments from the students and they will include comments usually and get some extra information. So I thought that was an interesting way of getting feedback. Hmm. Right? So there's inter- a, It is interesting. Yeah. Did I we like it. kind of cover most of the things we wanted to talk about? I think so. And I think, you know, if, if you, you know, I'm mentally kind of like playing, playing back the, <laughs> the recording in my head right now. I think if it's one thing that's two, a couple of things that are really, really clear is that um, get, listening to our, this discussion, it's a um, getting quality feedback is really, really, really hard. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the second thing is, um, the fact that, you know, we're talking about this for an hour and, and listening to the effort that we go through to get it and the, the lengths to which we are willing to go to, to get it, um, I think underscores how also how really, really important it is. Yes. Um, it's really, like I said, that, and it's, it's a, it's it's frustrating and it's feeling a desperation. It's like just trying to figure out, trying to get inside the student's head, and it's like, okay, what is going on in there? Um, what am I doing that's working? What am I doing that's not working? How can I do this better? You know, what do you think? 
getting the, getting the, that data yes. <laughs> is such a chore. Is is so difficult. And um, wow, yeah. <laughs> and I want to go back to where we started off by talking about the difference between judgment and feedback. Is that we we even use that term, teacher evaluations. Sure. It has a negative. It has a sure. judgmental aspect to it. Yes, absolutely. Because, te- you know, when we get feedback from students, it's interesting in many ways for me. This feedback I get when I'm going over feedback from students, it's the opposite of like when I'm weighing myself. You know, this old thing where people say, when you are weighing yourself and if your weight goes down and that's what you want, you, you just happily walk away from the scale. But if the scale tells you that you've gained weight, you get off and then you get back on to recheck it. Right. And I find myself as I'm the opposite with feedback is that when it's positive feedback, I'll read it three or four times. And if it's <laughs> negative feedback, I'll just read, I'll read it one time. I think, again, setting it up so that you're actually getting non-judgmental information that you can do something with hmm. and getting your students prepped for that and used to that and understanding that. And it's a really valuable teaching thing by itself, which is you're teaching students to be concrete. Right. And to communicate concretely, which is an important thing for Japanese students to learn when speaking English. So there's no downside to it, but you're right. It's such a hard thing to do. It's such a yeah, difficult I, I thing do, to Yeah, get. ideally when you, you make that instrument or you're doing, you're trying to get the feedback from them. You know, again, this is like, you know, this is I, <laughs> ideal world here. Um, not only are you, are you constructing in a way so that like in an, an offside, off angle way there, actually getting giving you the information that you want without them realizing that what you're really asking but also that in the process of answering those questions um it is also um providing them with some kind of self-reflective information about what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong or what how they mm-hmm. might make it better for themselves as well right well so, we yeah did. do do that <laughs> Well, that's a totally separate. Do that. That's a, a very different. But if segment. you can do it all at the same time, right? And do that. Well, you know, I don't. Yeah, if you can, it's great. But I think there is something to be said for the students separating themselves and their performance from what you have done or what you're doing as a teacher. That is a separate thing for me because the helping students obtain feedback about their performance how well they're doing. That's a completely different show. <laughs> That's another episode okay. for sure. But what I'm trying to do is I need them to say, okay, I want you to not look at your own performance. I want you to take yourself out. You know, I want them to be as objective as possible when they're providing me with feedback. Because, you know, as any teacher will know, you're always going to have one student in the class minimally who doesn't like you. And you're looking at young people, 18 to 22 year olds, who are just, and you know, beginning to, you know, start their first, you know, steps on this long journey of learning to be objective and fair and take their emotions out of a situation so that they can evaluate things properly. That, to me, is really important. I need to know whether or not you've been successful in the class or not. I need to know what can I do? What have I done that has been effective or ineffective? And that is, for me right now, separate from how well the student performed. And that kind of helps me to figure out what to do best. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there, but that's what I feel. No, I think it's a good point. 
Yeah. Yeah. I but think separating those two things, it's, it's, a, it's a good point. It's it's a hard thing, though. It's a, And that's why it's... Con- but I think the big key for me, too, when I'm thinking back over our conversation today, Tony, is to make sure that it's constant, you know, obtaining the feedback. So it's just not a one big dump thing at the end of the year or the end of the semester. That it's consistent and you're able to track it and see what's going on and how well you're doing. And, you know, creating avenues for different ways, you know, for students to provide that feedback is also good, whether it's by text on the website or commenting or they're communicating to each other or they're writing something down on paper, a show of hands, moving from one side of the room to the other. Whatever you do, try to create multiple avenues for students to express their opinions and provide you with the feedback you need so you can fix the class or make it better. But there's also that one aspect as we're talking about teachers who really are committed to fixing a class. I know a number of people who once they set their syllabus, they are not going to deviate from that syllabus. Once they have the lesson plan, they are not going to deviate from the lesson plan. So people who feel that their plans are set and they need to continue on that, they're going to have a very different approach to this, which from what I think you and I are talking about, which is we want the feedback consistently and constantly so that we can modify and adapt. Exactly, exactly. Right? So you have to really decide which camp you're in or, you know, are you in the middle or, you know, or as usual would say, is there certain things you can't modify, certain things you have to do, certain things you have to go through. Right. So right. figure out what's best for you and then improvise to the best of your ability. Okay. Hey, how's that for an ending? I like it. Okay. I like it. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we covered it and I think it, um, a, a lot of different angles on it, a lot of different approaches to it. And I think... Uh, a lot become... of food for thought. I mean, no, no, no concrete answers because there are no concrete answers, right? Except and that it's, it's difficult. <laughs> it's, it's really, 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 really hard. But, uh, but I think a, a lot, of, a lot of good. I think a lot of ideas. I think it was good. Yeah, and I like your idea about putting students in groups and having them work together to give you feedback. Also, I need to do more of that. I yeah. think rather because I tend to do it individually through the different, you know, Google Forms or Socrative or paper or something. But I think, yeah, those there's some interesting takes on this that and we're in we're getting ready. We're getting ready to start what, about a month away by the time this podcast is yeah put up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, and the evaluation assessment, what we're trying to do, figure out things and planning. So it's a good good discussion, Tony. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So And thank I, you. I'm Charles Wiz. And Tony Silva. And today we were three teachers talking. <laughs> <laughs> two teachers talking, and you know where to find us. Two teachers talking. Blah 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 blah. And uh, just as a since since it's very you know topical, untimely uh, of the moment, um, talking about need for feedback. <clears throat> um, yes, folks, every, <laughs> listeners. It's, it's almost it's almost as hard to get. Oh, it's maybe more difficult to get feedback from our listeners <laughs> as it is from our students, and we would appreciate it for all the same reasons. Um, the more we know what you like and what you don't like, the better job we can do. So, or if you uh, don't, maybe I can do a better job don't be shy. <laughs> okay, that's a good point, Tony. That's a good point. But I think you did very well today, Tony. Oh, thank you, Charles. I think you did a very good job. <laughs> How's that for abstract? Abstract. Okay, so on a concrete note, see you right. later. Bye. <laughs>